Hello and welcome to today's Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles. I am the editor of the Capitalism Theme at Unheard. I am, of course, joined by the ever-witty and font of knowledge that is Peter Franklin. Peter, hello. Hello. Peter writes our daily Unpacked column, which I very much recommend everybody checks out. Um, But I'm also joined by our very special guest, flown over especially for this, sort of, uh, Nigel Cameron, who edits our technology theme here at Unheard. Hello, Nigel. Great to be back in the shop. Welcome. So today we are talking about beer and more specifically how beer is going to solve our problem of automation. Peter, please explain this. Well, it's based on an absolutely fascinating article in The Atlantic by Derek Thompson in which he says that despite everything we've heard about high-tech firms gobbling up the markets and destroying jobs in the process... Which we hear about almost weekly, it seems. That's right, in all sorts of different sectors. He says there are a few sectors, at least, where it's going in the opposite direction, and really quite dramatically. And the one that he focuses on is the US beer sector. And he shows how... Actually, since the financial crisis, you've seen the number of jobs and the number of companies active in this sector really sort of rise almost stratospherically. Um, And, you know, people, and that's not because, you know, workers are drowning their sorrows and and, you know, there's a massive demand for beer and everyone has... Because there's no jobs. Yes, and there's no jobs. So everyone that's still got a job is busy producing beer for those that don't. No, that's not it. Um, people are actually consuming less beer by volume, but they are spending more on it. And they're spending on quality and they're spending on specialism. And that's what's driving um, what's happening to this sector. And Nigel, I mean, you've written at length about the future of work. Um, are the robots coming for us? You know, are we going to have any jobs left? And and this, I think, really fits with your argument, which is that the robots may be coming and we don't quite know exactly what proportion of jobs are going to disappear. But what we do know is there are going to be jobs left that require, if I can put it, a sort of human touch creativity. Can you just say a little bit about where you think there will still be the jobs? Yeah, it seems to me that uh, obviously repetitive things that uh, are cheap to automate, um, these things are going to happen and we're going to lose an awful lot of jobs in driving and retail and so on. Uh, On the other hand, I think we spend our money in ways that uh, we choose to spend our money. And I think some of us like dealing with human beings. Uh, Some of us like uh, having attentive service. Some of us like having quality, having human touch or having some sort of artisanal, um, handmade, handcrafted, locally sourced these are all coming to the fore uh, in just in, out in the markets there now and I well, think it's, it's, it's interesting that actually you know we we do hear these sort of scare stories as I say almost on a weekly basis around how you know technology is going to destroy our way of life but actually it's technology that has enabled some of those more uh, craftsmanship products to be sold well, that's certainly true. I mean, you have things like Etsy, you know, which is online marketplace where people can sell things in small quantities uh, in, in a way which is which is really very simple. And, we'll and, have and reaching we'll a global market. To, to, to a global market. And I think this has certainly enabled sort of minority, like 
minority views in politics, similarly sort of, you know, minority products are now very widely available and there are many benefits to this. Um, I'm not sure the extent in sort of terms of quantity whether this is going to make up for the loss of millions and millions of jobs uh, in areas which will easily be automated, but I think it's a very interesting counter-development uh, and I think it shows that this isn't a simple set of questions. Uh, and certainly the the rise of beer, the rise and rise of beer, specialist beer, artisanal beer, um, is is a great example of of the way in which um, you know the 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 21st century is going to be very interesting. I think people often generalize about the future. I think the future will be much more varied than I think those who generalize about it tend to expect. And so if that is the opportunity then we see in the future. Um, Peter, I was struck by a particular sentence in your unpacked column where you say we need an economy in which craftsmanship of all kinds can flourish. What does that mean then in terms of you know the practical I guess policy levers, levers that government has? Um, what does it mean in, in terms of setting that future? Well government already invests in skills um, starting at school and then sort of going on into sort of college and apprenticeships and we need a policy that directs those resources to where they're most likely to give people a chance um, and I think you know we need to be it's very care it's very difficult to pin that down um, but, we're, but if we're we gonna were to, to pin it down though Peter yes what, what would we want to be doing well we don't want to um, train people to do jobs that robots will be able to do soon right and though we can't predict exactly which jobs that those will be there's a number of risk factors that we can look at right and so once you take those out and actually say is this something is this a consumer product that can be made special, that can be made in a craftsman-like way, is it gonna get a significant market? Because there's plenty of nonsense out there. You know, there's plenty of jokes about hipsters who who do craft this and artisan that. Well, and and you, no, you can't go to any hip and trendy area <laughs> in a big city without finding that, can Indeed. you? And no one really wants it, <laughs> uh, you know, apart from, and these people aren't really sort of making a living, they're living off sort of their parents' money. Or, <laughs> whatever granny left them, right? Um, but there are proven examples, for instance, the beer sector, where you've got, you know, you've got a popular consumer product. Is it something that's going to be become increasingly specialised? People looking for experiences, not just sort of crude quantities at a cheap price, but something that makes life special and worth living. Um, those are the areas that we've got to look at. So I would take from that then perhaps looking less at how many uh, sort of uh, apprenticeships can we create in existing industries and, you know, using or converting existing kind of training schemes in, in places like management consultancies and law firms and, and what have you, and actually thinking about the, the kind of trade, the craftsman uh, skills that, that we might want to be looking at. So definitely food for thought for government there. Thank you very much. We have run out of time, but as always, a riveting conversation. Much insight there for everyone. Uh, please do subscribe, if you haven't already, to uh, this podcast and indeed the other Unheard podcasts that are available. You can do that on whatever the app is that you listen on. Um, please do also rate us if you enjoyed it, um, which hopefully you did. And can I also thank not just our special guest in particular today, Nigel, but also our producer, James Coney. We will have you back awfully soon.